Welcome, my flourishing friends, to episode number 12. In today's episode, we're going to talk about why cooking dinner is an act of sustainability. Don't get me wrong, restaurants can be great, but we have all kinds of environmental issues associated with restaurants and delivery and meal services and packaged meals. They're not all bad, but there are loads of benefits when we cook at home. We can reduce our carbon emissions, reduce wastes, often eat better, and connect with our bodies, our family, our friends, the community, and the earth. So let's explore this a little bit. I'm excited. Let's dive in. I'm Christina Hunter, and you are listening to the Live Well Green podcast, all about sustainable well-being and green living. We explore how to do what is good for the planet and for ourselves in order to truly flourish. So honestly, I do not think restaurants are bad. I was out at a restaurant last night. I shared a beautiful meal with great friends at a small locally owned restaurant where they serve small portions in a family style, and there was absolutely no waste of food at the table. And this restaurant sources local and sustainable foods, and it was a beautiful evening and a great way to connect with good friends. So, I understand that it can be a wonderful experience. However, it's not always as great as that. Sometimes we don't get to choose the restaurant we're going to. It might be a chain restaurant where we're not as connected to the source of the food. And sometimes we're just going to take the most convenient option available to us. I get it. I've been there eating en route in the vehicle or just being too tired to do anything at home. And then we order something online or we just feel that we don't have the energy to prepare something at home. So let's explore that a little bit more. What are the issues here? Well, with restaurants, we often encounter situations where the portions are just way too big. And not only does that contribute to our increasing waistlines, but it has an incredible amount of wasted food associated with that. In a recent Canadian study, it showed that 58% of all of the food produced in Canada is either lost or wasted somewhere along the way. And the greatest portion of that waste is in the production, processing, manufacturing, and retail space in the food industry. However, restaurants were found to be culpable for about 9% of all food wasted. And then even greater than that, 14% and in some studies, much, much higher, up to 50% of all food is wasted in the household. So we have huge waste at restaurants as well as in our household. 
Other issues with restaurants can be those darn take-home containers. So if you have food left over, you can't eat it all, you want to take it home for yourself to eat at a later time, and what do they give it to you in? Oh, all too often it's in styrofoam or in a container that is plastic or something that's coated in plastic. And this is really problematic because we want to avoid the food waste, but most of us don't carry around takeout containers in our purses to take home extra food. Although it's a great option and I encourage you to do it. I know I've been caught myself and felt really bad when I didn't have another option on me. But I have been known to stick a half a piece of chocolate cake in a baggie from my pocket. Yes, my grandmother would be proud of me. But we don't always have that option available to us. The other issue with some restaurant food, especially the fast food industry, is the packaging. And this is a huge problem. The packaging is coming with all of the food that we receive then, not just the take-home containers. And it can have a huge impact on the landfill, but we even have health concerns associated with some of that packaging. It can be coated with substances that are actually endocrine disruptors in order to make that paper or cardboard more water and grease resistant. So that's really problematic. The other issue with a lot of restaurant food, especially fast food, is the large-scale agricultural industry and the impacts. When we think about those impacts, we have all sorts of challenges associated with the issues around animal welfare, although those are improving, but we have to keep striving for better conditions for animals used in large-scale agriculture. And we also really have issues associated with the carbon emissions from, yes, the animals. We know that those ruminant animals, the cows and so on, produce a lot of methane, which is a very powerful greenhouse gas. And we have high levels of carbon emissions with all of the transportation of the animals and the processed food. Then we also have huge issues with large-scale animal production and the waste associated with raising those animals and being able to safely and effectively use that waste on our land is really problematic because it's just too much concentrated in too small of a location. So there are all kinds of issues associated with these fast food type restaurants, not to mention the problems with drive through lanes in order to grab your food while you're still driving. So we tend to have more idling of vehicles then, and that again increases carbon emissions. So plenty to be concerned about with restaurants and fast food restaurants. Now, what about takeout, delivery, or delivered meal services? They are not off the hook either. I get it if that's the best option for you and that makes sense for a certain day. But I do think we need to critically evaluate all of the issues associated with these practices. First of all, carbon emissions. Every time you make a special trip, either having somebody deliver a pre-made meal to your home 
or having them deliver the ingredients so you can cook your own meal, that special trip is increasing your carbon emissions. Because most often when we decide to shop for groceries at the grocery store, that trip involves shopping for lots of meals all at once and then bringing it home. And the carbon emissions are generally lower. So this is really problematic because the driver first of all, has to get your food and then bring it to your home and then get to wherever they're going. So it's quite a high carbon emission associated with that delivery service. And then let's not forget the packaging. And that is a really big concern of this industry. We have all kinds of use of plastic baggies and plastic containers, as well as paper and styrofoam and all kinds of other single-use items that end up either directly in the landfill or, even worse, escaping and polluting the environment. Almost all of the plastic is single use, and we really should not be building entire industries on the use of single use plastics. We need to be eliminating single use plastics from our society. So, this is really important to start thinking about how can we do this better or curb away from doing it at all. So, let's look at cooking as an act of sustainability. Well, there is lots of good stuff associated with cooking, and I know it can be difficult and it takes time and so on, but I'm here to encourage you to think about cooking and reevaluate your thoughts on what it can mean in your life. It's worth taking another look at it. If we use the opportunity to cook, to prepare food as a way to slow down, to allow us to enjoy our food, enjoy the preparation time, and savor the food rather than just letting it be something that's functional, that our body needs, and we've got to address that. I touch on this a little bit more in episode number six, where we talk about the slow food movement and all of the benefits of that. But when we do take the time to prepare our food, we can connect with it more easily and it can facilitate us eating more mindfully. And that is a great thing for us. Not only is that good for our waistline because then we tend to overeat less, but it also allows us to connect more with our food and with our bodies and with those that we are cooking for and cooking with. It makes me remember the time when my mother actually resisted getting a dishwasher in our household when I was young. And this seems counterintuitive. She was a working mom. Why wouldn't she want a dishwasher in the house? But it turns out she really enjoyed the time we spent together washing and drying the dishes. So this can be meaningful time spent. It doesn't need to be just a chore. So let's think about that. Can it really enrich our lives? Can we think of cooking as a way for us to connect with our family, with our friends, and with those that we care to spend time with? There's a great quote here from Guy Ferry, and he says, Cooking is all about people. Food is maybe the only universal thing that really has the power to bring everyone together. 
no matter what culture, everywhere around the world, people eat together. Okay, so eating together and cooking together and even washing up the dishes together can be an act of connection and a great opportunity to have those special moments, even if it's just slowing down with yourself for a moment in the day where you get to just focus on something enjoyable. So really rethinking that is what I'm encouraging you to do. But the other part of cooking that I think we know inherently, but we don't always talk about is it's a real way of showing love. And we know that because we will often bring a meal to somebody in need or bake cookies for somebody we care about or something like that associated with sharing food when we want to show that we care for a person. This was incredible. I have a really lovely story of how this was brought to light from a student of mine. She was doing a presentation in a class about how her grandmother taught her to cook bannock, which is a traditional indigenous Métis food, and she's Métis. And she was talking about all of the ingredients and the process of mixing them. And in her grandmother's instructions, she was told, this is where you put the love in as she was kneading the bannock, which is a type of bread. And that's a beautiful way to think about our food, that we really can see it as a way of putting the love in to a relationship through our time spent that we prepare food for somebody else or with somebody else in order to connect more deeply. And it's also a wonderful way for us to spend a moment to connect with that food itself. We can take the opportunity to give thanks to the earth for providing this nutritious food to us, for the labor involved in getting it to us, and all of the resources involved in us enjoying this meal. When we cook our own food, we also have the opportunity to source that food more locally, to find food that is in season. And this all helps to connect us more to the earth, to the seasonality, to what vegetables and fruits are ripe and smell good at the grocery store, or what we might have harvested from our own garden. Is there anything quite as good as a warm tomato fresh off the vine? That's a lovely way for us to savor, enjoy, and connect with our food that sustains us. The other aspects around sustainable cooking is that we can consider cooking as offsetting a potential trip to a fast food restaurant. So that is a great decrease in our carbon emissions. And let's not forget, all cooking can be less expensive than a takeout meal and much more nutritious. You can always cook a much healthier meal than a takeout meal for less money when you just think about legumes and whole grains and vegetables on top. And that is a great meal. Even if the fresh vegetables are too expensive, we can go with frozen ones that have great nutritional value. And so quickly you have a meal put together with just those simple ingredients. 
The other aspect of cooking, need I remind you, is that it can help reduce our food waste, right? Because we know we often already have food in the fridge that we shopped for, but we just don't feel like we have the energy to cook. But if we do use those foods, we know we can dramatically reduce that food waste at the household level. Remember, it is from 14 to 50% of all food wasted is coming from the household level. And so that's really important. The other great aspect of reducing waste from our food when we cook at home is that if we have leftovers, great, now we have lunch for tomorrow. Or we can just pop it in a container and put it in the freezer to eat when we don't have the energy to cook. So that is also a wonderful benefit of having leftover food from our cooking. So we can reduce food waste in all kinds of ways. And we know that reducing food waste is so incredibly beneficial because remember what happens if we just throw out that food, we are not only growing the food, and applying agricultural inputs to it like fertilizers and pesticides and using agricultural land to grow that food. But then we also are transporting it and having all kinds of carbon emissions associated with that transportation. And then we're stocking that food in our retail spaces. And then we're using our energy to go and shop for it, right? Driving there or whatever other emissions we have to get there and bring it home and put it in our fridges just to let it go to waste. So it's incredibly important that we think about reducing that food waste, utilizing the food that we have in our fridge, and rather than just throwing it out, because then we have more carbon associated with hauling it off to the landfill. And we know that organics are very heavy. And then what happens when it goes to the landfill? Well, when it's covered in soil, it undergoes anaerobic decomposition, and that releases methane gas. Methane gas is, of course, a very powerful greenhouse gas. It's over 100 times more powerful than carbon dioxide over a 20-year time frame. So it's really important that we don't just send it off to the landfill. If we do have waste from our food preparation or whatnot, we really should be composting those food wastes. This not only increases the lifespan of our landfills, and reduces those methane emissions, but it also reduces the carbon emissions from hauling it to the landfill, and it produces great nutrients that we can use in our gardens. This is all a wonderful benefit of cooking at home, that you can collect those wastes and make use of them. So how do we go about composting? Well, it's really very easy. All you need is a little bin for indoors. I recommend something with a tight-fitting lid and even having a filter on top, which is great to cut down on odors. And then you need a bin for outdoors if you have an outdoor space for composting. And that can be made out of wood or black plastic, which can heat the compost up and allow that process to happen faster. Or if you're composting indoors, you can use worms in vermicomposting. In either case, you want to put all of your vegetable matter in there and green waste. Make sure it's moist without being too moist. Just turn it and aerate it periodically and it will produce really, really wonderful compost for enriching and fertilizing your garden. So 
there are plenty of great benefits to cooking at home. So I hope you see that there are all kinds of sustainability benefits to cooking at home and benefits for our bodies. Now, I'm not saying restaurants are bad at all. But certainly there are a lot of environmental issues that we need to be considerate of in regards to food waste, to the packaging with takeout and delivery containers, and the carbon emissions of those delivery trips. And there are so many benefits from cooking at home. It allows you to show love for yourself and connect with your body and with other people and with the planet and the seasons and the food that the earth produces for us. And there are all sorts of easy ways that we can reduce our food waste at home. We can eat those leftovers and we can compost the food scraps that are as a result of cooking. And it's really easy to do. And it's good for us and for the planet. So to end off, I'd love to leave you with a little quote from Virginia Woolf. She says, one cannot think well, love well, sleep well, if one has not dined well. All right, go and enjoy some good dining. That's all for now. But I would like to give a special shout out and thanks to my young friends, Jack and Luke, who gave input into this episode, and as always, to my amazing husband, AJ, who helps me out in numerous ways for this podcast to go to air. Okay, if you're interested in exploring these issues further, go ahead and head on over to my website. It is Christina Hunter Flourishing.com. That's Christina with a K. There you will find all kinds of resources, including some downloads I have for you, the Sustainable Wellbeing Starter Kit, the Green Home Guide, and you can sign up for my weekly newsletter. I'd love to be in touch with you. Don't worry, I will never send you spam, and it's only once a week full of interesting ideas and stories. I can't wait to talk to you again. Until then, live well green, my flourishing friends. Bye for now.